Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we are going to be talking about supporting families through times of crisis, and we certainly are having some crisis now. It's especially pertinent to you right now, right? It is because I was diagnosed, let's see, last Sunday, I got a positive COVID-19 um, test back, and the hospital called me, and I was really shocked. Um, I feel like today is the first time in about a week and a half that I feel like I'm, I'm working it through my system. I feel a lot better. Um, which is a relief because it's stressful and you worry about your family and you worry about people you've impacted unknowingly. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot to deal with uh, knowing that you have it. Um, and I don't know anyone else that has it. I actually have a dear friend that just got a diagnosis today. So I do know one person now. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking with my friend today who I worked very closely with, who is really an incredible person out there helping families in crisis. And her name is Dr. Pamela Gabay. Let me tell you a little bit about Pamela before we launch in. Um, she is the co-author of Understanding and Supporting Bereaved Children. She is no stranger to grief and loss because she is not only a bereaved sibling, but she is also a bereaved stepmom. And uh, she is the co-founder of the Satori Group. So welcome to the show, Pamela. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on, especially during these times of crisis, again, as I say, and supporting families. It's, it's been a, a tough thing for our family to hear that Heidi had uh, the virus and that we're also separate from each other. This separation is, is really pretty profound. It, it's so hard because families, especially in a time of crisis, that's the time when you want those hugs. That's mm -hmm. the time when you need your family. And if you're separated, whether you're worried about the illness or if you're separated by distance and you can't get to each other, um, you know, that lack of physical contact right now, especially, is very hard on families and, you know, children and teens. Um, one of the things I think about is all the grandparents who, you know, they've missed their grandchildren dearly mm -hmm. and they're separated just because they're in a higher risk group. Uh, and then, you know, think of all the kids who miss their grandparents, mm -hmm. you know, and while they may have FaceTime and Zoom and, you know, the phone, it's not the same as getting that old fashioned hug, is it? No. And, and I also think of these other crises like hurricane, the hurricane that went on recently, those kind of crises is layered this crisis upon that crisis. I mean, uh, for some families it can be really difficult. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the problems for teens right now, because their thing is to differentiate now, separate from the family. And here they are uh, stuck in homes with the family. Because I have COVID-19, I am not only isolated from my friends and my extended family, I am isolated in my own house from my own family. So, so, you're, in a, um, so you're in a separate bedroom? Yes, from... in a separate bathroom. Um, and the weird thing is too, my son who's 21 years old and in the National Guard, this has completely changed his life. 
he can't be with his unit and he can't leave the house. With teens, they need to be outside. They need to be on the go. They need to be connected to their friends. Although teens these days are more used to being connected by technology with, you know, whether it be their cell phones and texting or social media or even playing video games, you know, how they'll play virtually in group. Oh, yeah. um, That's big right now. That, exactly, especially now. And so they are accustomed to connecting in this digital world even more than most of us. Um, but here's the thing. They're worried about everybody around them. So the impact that they may be feeling on the inside that they're not telling you know, their parents or their siblings or their friends is they're, they're seeing the news and they are really worried about everybody they love and maybe themselves. And so they're not getting their normal outlets of being with their friends or going to school, going to college, um, but they're sitting with the, the fear and the uncertainty and the anxiety like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, Pamela, if you're a parent and you have your own anxiety or a grandparent and you have your own anxiety, which we all do, how do you alleviate your anxiety in your children? One of the indicators of how well children and teens do when they're coping, whether it be with uh, grief or, or trauma, loss, in this case, a pandemic, a crisis, is they do look to the adults in their life to ground them and to be steady and to be solid. And they will pay attention to how their parents are acting or reacting. Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't have the conversation uh, about what's going on. So one of the things that I would say to a teen or even a younger child in these times is I'm wondering what some of the questions you might have. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you wondering about? Is there something you're worried about? Um, and I also think it's important for parents to realize they can be strong and vulnerable at the same time. I love that. This is a time, yeah, strong and vulnerable. That mm -hmm. is certainly, you know, I, I, I see teens as seeing themselves as kind of invincible and, you know, at this age and, and telling jokes and that kind of thing. But is it a little harder for the younger kids under teenage to cope with this? Because they can really be fearful, can't they? I, uh, absolutely, they can be fearful. Children, their imaginations can run wild and they will often imagine the worst. And that's why it's really important with kids to have conversations and to say, what are some questions you have? And one of the things that I use with bereaved kids often is I'm wondering what you're wondering about. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as that, I'm wondering what you're wondering about. I'm wondering what you're worried about. I and like that because since these since bereaved families have had a death, Oftentimes, family members are worried about somebody else dying. Not only are they worried about it, they often feel like it's inevitable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they now understand, and this goes for children, teens, and adults, they understand on a very real level that it can happen to them. Mm -hmm. Right. You know how we walk through life before bereavement thinking it happens to other people. Oh, Once you've had somebody die, you know it can happen to you. And you know, it's actually normal for kids to worry about who else might die after they've had a close death. It's very, very normal. One of the things that parents can do is, in terms of reassuring, is the parents can talk about all the things that they're doing to keep the family safe. Mm -hmm. Now, washing hands and hand sanitizer and being careful, you know, not going out as much into public or when you go to the grocery store, here's all the things we're doing to keep our family safe. 
because they will be, you know, they're watching the news as well, and they'll be wondering, what are we doing to keep ourselves safe? Going outside and seeing people wearing masks and gloves yeah. is jarring. It can make you feel like everybody that gets it is going to die. And you know what it reminded me of? When I was younger, my dad was in Vietnam, and I remember walk, waking up late at night and going out into the living room, and my mom took turn the TV off right away. And so of course me being a child, I was curious why she turned it off. So when my mom wasn't around the next day, I turned the TV on to see what she was keeping from me. And yeah. that's when you remember Vietnam, they showed the number of deaths and all the things mm -hmm. that were going on. And um, kids, even if you turn the TV off, of course now they have online, right? But mm -hmm. that constant, tick 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 of the count going up is very scary so rather than turning the tv off i would have conversations about it and even to the point of talking about the fact heidi you just now said it not everyone that gets it is going to die in fact the majority the vast majority of people who get it are going to get help and get better one thing i wanted to talk to about also is step families because one it's a lot of closeness for step families that they may be fairly new step families to be together your family member is not there they're in another setting my recommendation there would be to get on facetime or zoom or at least the phone you know do some texting so that the child or the children can connect with their other parent who they're not able to see at this time um, the other thing too with step families as we know you know there are issues and um, things they grapple with in regular normal times that are result just the natural result of being a step family but when you add being stuck together in a house for days and days and days on end the kids aren't in school now um, parents are often either not working or working from home um, those everyday issues they have are going to bubble up in different ways now and uh, i'd say if possible as much as possible keep open communication and the dialogue going you know to help ease some of that tension i would say if there's any time for families to come together for blended families to truly come together this would be a great time for it because the kids are worried about so many real life and death matters and so are all the adults if there was ever a time to put aside some of those issues now would be a great time to do it, mm -hmm. and, it and it would help everybody in the family wouldn't it yeah i'm, I'm thinking it would even help you if you're a person who does not particularly deal well with the with your ex-spouse, it may be a time when you just put that aside and say, hey, the kid needs this. So what yeah, are some tips and tools for families to help support them during this time, Pamela? So if you are a person, say in, in my capacity where I'm used to helping bereaved families in a group setting, I will say now, if you could do a virtual group of some kind, that would be great and connect on Zoom like we're doing right now. Even though we're not sitting in the same room, it feels like we are sitting in right. the same room. Um, and Or even connect by phone or private Facebook group. Um, so as a professional, I would be looking for ways I could connect and help the families that I've been helping previously. Um, and then as far as uh, helping your own family, I would say be comfortable with the uncomfortable right now. Mm. Okay. And know that these are unpredictable, uncertain times. I mean, none of us have lived through this before. Right, right. 
and dealing with the unknown. Yeah. Adults are getting overwhelmed and the kids are getting overwhelmed. And, um, you know, that's even a great question to ask a teen. Um, you know, what are some things that are causing you to feel overwhelmed right now? And, you know, that's a bigger word for younger kids, but for teens, uh, you know, when's the last time somebody asked them that? Right. Uh, also, would you talk a little bit about the disappointment that's coming up for the teenagers and, and college kids have had to come home and graduation and, you know, it's really a, a tough, a tough situation. Let's talk about seniors in high school. They won't get, you know, their prom, they won't get their graduation, they won't get senior ditch day or all these senior ritual, you know, activities that they would normally do in the spring and early summer leading up to graduation. They won't have any of that. And, you know, that's a secondary loss, isn't it? Absolutely. On, on top of everything going on. And I say validate how they're feeling because this is the true loss for them. And, um, you know, they won't be able to throw their, you know, graduation cap up in the air for high school. That that won't ever come again that time. Same thing for college seniors, right? Mm -hmm. They won't have any of those opportunities. And, you know, that's very real sadness for them. Mm -hmm. And um, talking about, you know, high schoolers and college students who just can't go to school anymore. Yeah. Right? Think of all the college students who had to leave campus and had a day's notice to pack up everything and you can't come back until the fall. Mm -hmm. That's a lot for them to deal with. Yeah, and bringing those topics up are yeah. important with those kids. I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on people who have had a loss recently. Uh, you know, even in the last couple of years, uh, some people have had it in the last few months. The main thing that I would say is to be present. And if you can almost separate out what's going on with the pandemic and focus when you're with them on their loss and how they're doing as it relates to their loss mm -hmm. and give them that opportunity to be with you, but to be able to openly grieve with you about their loss. Mm -hmm. Because in the midst of all of this going on in the world, their own grief, you know, maybe even they've put it aside in some ways because they're worried about their health or the health of a family member. So you as a friend, somebody who's uh, helping and supporting them, just ask them about the person who died. Ask them how they're doing. Even ask them how all of this is affecting their own grief. Mm -hmm. And do you have any thoughts about rituals that people might do in their homes now? You know, if they, like my uh, son died on April 2nd, Heidi's brother. So, um, ideas of what we can do in this uh, odd situation to, you know, remember. Well, you know, what comes to mind is the compassionate friends and the worldwide candle lighting. So certainly that's something that families could do um, together. And I would even say if you have access to FaceTime or Zoom or some other type of video um, environment like this, if you could light candles together mm -hmm. and, um, or maybe, um, you know, talk about memories and, you know, share special times and just say, even though all of this is going on in the world, our grief is still our grief and our memories are still our memories and we want to honor and remember. And it's important to us, even though we can't get together. Um, I think about families who maybe would want to go to the cemetery and they can't now, right? They can't go to the cemetery and they can't do the things that they were planning to do around their loss. Uh, I just feel it's important for 
everyone to lean on each other the best they can. Um, the other thing is I would say, you know, go easy on the people around you. Go easy on your family members. Um, you know, realize everybody's struggling and going through a tough time. And I mean, when was the last time the entire world was struggling together in this way? If we can just support each other, you know, that's, that's the most important thing that we can do. Well, Pamela, thanks so much for being on the show and tell people how they can get in touch with you. So our website is the satorigroup.org and I will spell Satori, which um, actually is Japanese and it stands for shining light in dark places. Uh, so Satori is spelled S-A-T-O-R-I. Uh, my email is Pamela.Gabay and that's G-A-B-B-A-Y at the satorigroup.org. I'm doing a lot of virtual uh, things like this and actually talking a lot about creating virtual support groups uh, so that we can continue to help people. That's wonderful. Great. Well, thank you again for being on the show today and for all the great work you're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Pamela. And thank you for everything you're doing right now to support communities and families during this time. Thank you, Heidi. Be well. Thank you. And thanks to everybody for joining us today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.